0: Welcome to Table Stakes, presented by Xenial, where some of the most innovative and tech-savvy leaders in the enterprise restaurant scene discuss the technology they are using to solve the toughest issues they face. I'm host, Andy Grindstaff, restaurant enthusiast, technology optimist, and one of the product leads here at Xenial.
1: And I'm Tama Looney, analytics fanatic, lifelong learner, diversity champion, and head of client success for Global Payment's ACE Division. And today I am joined by the lovely Trisha Bender, who is the co-founder and president at Neuris. Welcome Trisha.
0: Welcome, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. So to get us started, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do?
0: So as you mentioned, I am a co-founder and the president of a startup called Muros, which is an art activation agency. So at Muros, we are looking for a multitude of different ways to utilize art to help brands and businesses really connect and authentically engage um, their audiences. Historically, I'm more of a marketer by trade. I've spent a number of years in the digital marketing and advertising side of things, working for you know larger CPG companies, um, and again, really trying to help brands, um, you know, find new and innovative and interesting ways to be able to connect with their audiences, um, and ultimately, you know, move a product or move an experience or um, whatever at the end of the day. Awesome! Thank you so much. All
1: right. So as a leader who really owns your own career path, how do you inspire others within your organization to do the same, Tricia?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most important things to do as a leader, and I think what makes it exciting and fun and interesting for everybody to work at any company, is really giving people a a voice. I think sometimes the thing that can be like most motivating is when you don't give somebody an opportunity to have their ideas or their opinions heard. And what I found over time, whether it's on my teams or at Miro specifically, everybody has great, neat, unique ideas. And I think providing and creating a culture where people feel comfortable bringing those to the table and we can riff off those and innovate with those. I think like, that's how you, like you really help build somebody's confidence and an ability to kind of step out And own your career, own who you want to be in it, um, and really find roles or create roles that are best suited um, to the many unique kind of like skill sets or um, experiences that you have and collect along the way. I love it.
1: And you're so innovative in your own space. It is something that I hadn't even heard of until I was introduced to you through Regina Campbell, who was also on Table Stake. So thanks to Regina for the introduction. Can you tell me a little bit about what inspired that and how you saw that there was a place in the space for you and for your business?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think the original inspiration really came just from seeing street art and public art, like out in our own community. So we're based in Chicago and there are a ton of amazing muralists and artists that you can see, you know, whether it's downtown or all of the different amazing like little neighborhoods that really make Chicago um, a very cool city to be in. And I think when you saw that expression and on this like huge, large scale and the fact that really anybody could enjoy it and it just kind of became part of you know, what sort of like brightened or made their day more colorful, there seemed like there could be a really interesting way to create kind of a spin on out-of-home advertising where it is more art-led. It's not just, you know, your typical advertisement that many people become so used to. Scene. And I think it was also at the time like uh, a way to really kind of take maybe more traditional advertising, which had become pretty saturated on the digital side, um, and, you know, kind of innovate in a way that also allowed us to create content around those murals or that artwork that brands could extend um, to their networks. And for us, that became like a, a really interesting, I think, nuance. Um, and there's also this element where a brand is connecting with an individual street artist, and they're allowing that individual to really interpret and thinking about think about their brand and their messaging um, in a different and unique creative way than they've historically done. And I think for a lot of our very very large, you know, Fortune 100 or Fortune 500 clients, it allows them to seem more approachable. Um, and, you know, kind of more on like a one-to-one basis, because it's not, again, this this kind of advertising that shouts at you. It's really this partnership that they've done with, you know, somebody from your hometown, from your community. Um, and I think that that makes people think about brands in a very different way. That's great. And,
1: and as we talked about... Uh before, Zenial has entered the space of stadiums. So we recently, Mercedes-Benz is one of our partners and we're, we're working with them.
0: Tell me a little bit about what you've done with some stadium experiences. Yeah. I mean, we're actually going to be doing uh, a live painting with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs um, at their stadium this year or um, this weekend. So like that's one way that we can really bring art into the mix. I think there's a lot of amazing stadiums or arenas that have Mural art within it. We can do live painting activations and experiences there. Um, sports has been an incredible opportunity for us to work with um, various teams, whether it's the NHL or the NFL or the um, NBA or MLB. Um, and again, it's just it's a very fun um, place to, to utilize artwork because you have these like fans and people artists, especially in those communities, tend to be fans of teams. And so they have this you know, really cool way to be able to kind of translate and resonate things that when fans are at a stadium or, you know, they're at a ballpark or arena, they want to be able to stand in front of it and take a, a photo because they want to share those images and showcase their team pride. And so when you kind of use art to provide as like a backdrop, I think that just becomes an amazing extension that teams can utilize to be able to kind of, um, you know, extend that message and allow their fans to kind of showcase their love for the team.
1: I love it. We really do talk about the fan being the central point of everything that we do and the fan experience being something that we really want to cultivate and change. And I love that you guys are doing that so much and really even bringing it on to a a whole new realm. So that's super exciting. And it really works with what we're talking about too, which is innovation. I mean, these are things that are truly innovative ideas that are changing an industry. Maybe even when you think about art and the media in which it was usually displayed. This is an entirely new and innovative way to get the message out there, connect it with a different group. So when you when you hear about innovation, uh, it, what, what is that how do you really help to cultivate that within your own group? Like what does that word mean to you and, and how are you using that to inspire and continue to change because you're already so innovative in that space period? How do you keep innovating?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think sometimes it's just pushing the envelope, uh, you know, and understanding whatever kind of, you know, maybe existing um, experiences or activations uh, are already in a market. So as an example, we partnered with Miami Marlins this year. Um, and in Miami, if you're familiar with the art scene, Miami is huge in the art scene. There's murals everywhere. There's Art Basel's hosted there. There's, um, you know, Wynwood walls, like everywhere you go, it's there. So for the Marlins to be able to kind of tap into the space, it really had to be something that stood out. It couldn't be something that, you know, that you could readily find on any street, whether you're in South Beach or, again, you're in Little Havana um, Etc. So we worked with them to create this like three-story shipping container um, experience that was built up and activated at their ballpark. Um, and inside one of those shipping containers, there's also a very cool LED light experience that their players use as their main shoot for the year to take their photos. So not only do the Marlins now have this incredible, um, very dynamic and, and cool kind of shipping container thing that, that is completely um, covered in a mural by a Puerto Rican artist, um, that really showcases like all the kind of culture and amazing things that make up Miami. But fans can also go inside of um, this LED experience and take a photo and share that where the players um, have stood. So, again, it's just this kind of like, you know, very out of the box way to do it. And the way that we got there was by saying, here's what exists in the market. We have to be very different. It has to be bigger, better. And again, like not something that feels competitive, that you have to go, um, you know, to guaranteed rate. uh stadium to be able to be a part of it. And I think, you know, from everything we've been told, I think it's been very, very successful. And I I give the Marlins a lot of credit for so leaning into art and for really, truly wanting to create an experience for fans.
1: That's great. And a unique experience that really pushes innovation, not only within your team, but also with the people that you choose to partner with. That's, that's great. Well, talk to me a little bit about, you're, you're on this because you have inspired others.
0: Talk to me about what inspires you. Who inspires you, Tricia? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, amazing leaders that I've had in the space who have been very inspirational, um, you know at MIROS, it's very easy to be inspired by the artists that we work with. They are so incredibly talented. They are each so unique and have such a different voice in the way that um, they think about things that that a lot of times because becomes the inspiration for the ideas that we will, you know, pitch to clients or where we come from. It's really spurred off of, you know, different pockets of um, like amazing things that we're seeing out in the world and kind of pulling those together and thinking, okay, like, what's a different spin on that? Like, how can we utilize technology more? How can we really transform a space um, that maybe we can't paint on a wall? So how do we use something like projection mapping to be able to brighten it up and create movement? And, you know, you see these things like the Van Gogh exhibits and other stuff that have been out in the marketplace in the way that you know people are almost kind of democratizing this art experience and it doesn't just have to be limited to galleries, which can sometimes have like a stigma or, you know, only this type of person goes to that. You you really bring it into public spaces. Um and I think, you know, people, uh, you know, whether it's the folks behind the Van Gogh thing, like all of those people are inspiring uh, to me because they're seeing a medium that lots of people should be able to enjoy and they're getting very, very creative about how they can do that and how they can bring it to more people um, to experience. And like, that's the stuff that gets me really excited because that gives you that little seed where you're like, okay, well now that's cool. So what could we do that could be interesting? Or how could we make it very like sensory based or, you know, whatever the case might be. But yeah, the people that are pushing the envelopes are definitely the people that inspire me every day.
1: Well, we talk a lot about the pink pandemic. And I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but it essentially talks about, you know, diversity and inclusion is one of my passion points. It's one of the things that we talk about on Table Stakes. You are a woman in case anybody can't see her beautiful face since this is only in a recording. Has this impacted you or your team? Have you seen anything really change since the pandemic? Um, in terms of you personally, or or does that even exist in your space, like it does um, in, in some other ones?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I would say, I don't know that it was the pandemic itself that I really felt uh, push sort of the limits on diversity inclusion, so much as all of the social injustice um, and things that were happening at the same time in 2020. And I think, I think it was that where we, really saw the different brands and businesses that we work with because it can be anybody you know from a, a commercial brand that we would all know to a, a large residential developer. And what we started hearing more and more is how do we ensure that we are giving um, opportunities to a diverse group of artists so that we really can utilize art to speak to our diverse group of clients. And that can be, you know, uh a uh, a BIPOC artist. It can be somebody in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, But it started having to be where, like, we didn't have to try to push that message in diversity. We were being asked for it. Like they were saying, like, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to recognize. And we want to ensure that we're being very authentic um, in that approach. And, you know, we're not asking for a Black Lives Matter mural. What we're asking is, can you suggest Black artists that can be used for those? for this project so that we can hear their voice. We can hear how, you know, they care about whatever this message or this product is. Um, and we can ensure that it's in a community where it's going to reach Black people. We don't just want to do what maybe has always historically been done. We want to think about it um, and we really want to do it right. So I think that for us has been, um, it's been a very important part um, of our company and the direction that we see things going. Because for us, like the The main reason behind murals is to give artists, all artists, a platform to showcase their work. Um, and as we have these connections with large brands or businesses, and we can bring in the clients. You know, we can tap their audiences and provide exposure for somebody who might be incredible. They're just not terribly well known yet. Um, who might have a very creative and distinct voice, but they haven't been given an opportunity uh, to share it. And this, this is like that. Twenty twenty, in that respect, more than anything. Uh, changed our ability to do that and do it even better because it wasn't an uphill battle. Um, we were literally meeting in the middle and saying, this is where we want to focus our time and dollars. And brands really kind of put their money where their mouth was. Fantastic.
1: What a great positive spin on it, um, especially from pe- people that are spearheading and and driving that, because it is true that your your art, is an inspiration. And then that helps to bring forth, you know, more and more of us that see that and are, are changing. So that that's great to know. I, I love that that is a positive that came out of all of the social injustice that we were able to see. So Trisha, you've told us so much about innovation and a lot of the great work that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about the process that goes behind it? How do you select the artist? How do you come up with what what the innovative idea is for your brands that you're working with?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So we really start by hearing what it is that our clients are trying to achieve. So what are their goals? What are their objectives? What do they need this art to do for their business? Um, Because we do want to make sure that it's value for them. And there's like a return on this investment in it. Um, So we hear about again, like what, what they're looking for, what they want to have. And it could be, it could be a sculpture, it could be digital art, it could be a mural, it could be a live, you know, canvas painting experience, an artist meet and greet. There's lots of different avenues that our clients um, can go from. And once we hear that, we essentially go back within our artist network, which we're always growing. I think we're over, you know, 3,000 artists across the world now that we have um, relationships with and we're overlaying any filters that they might have. So uh, probably most often it is that they want a local artist. So if you think about a business, um, whether it be like a restaurant or anything else, opening up in a particular community, usually a brand is hoping to tap into somebody who's local, who understands it, and who can use their artwork to translate it and resonate with somebody. Again, local to that area. Um, If they do have any additional filters, like maybe they are looking for a Hispanic artist, because that's the community that they're serving. Um, You know, if they want somebody who has a Balinese flair we've had for jewelry companies before, like, you know, people who have traveled to those destinations. So there's many filters that we overlay. And what we try to do is provide a range of artists, um, or it could be like a range of styles stylistically, it could be realistic artists and illustrative artists. And we provide that to the client um, to review. And then. they're kind of zeroing in on who they think um, is the best fit for their brand, is the best fit for that market, and they're selecting them. And then we go through, you know, like a design phase with like designs and revisions that's collaborative between the brand um, or the business and the artist to ultimately get to a piece that's ready to go into production. And again, that could be being produced in like a large scale sculpture, it could be a mural being painted on the wall, and then we essentially manage that process from start to finish. So I'm going to put you
1: on the spot here because we are typically catering towards restaurants, though we do have stadiums as well in terms of verticals. But talk to me about what you think, you know, you do a lot of different mediums, sculpture, digital, mural. I think restaurant industries have have likely embraced the digital world a little bit more just because of their footprint. But is there something that restaurant brands should be doing from an art, you know, from, from your perspective to help drive traffic or, or even engagement within their own communities?
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of great examples um, in the restaurant business, and I'll, I'll share a couple of them, the first of which was Shake Shack. So, you know, Shake Shack is a brand that has been very rapidly growing across the United States. And for Shake Shack, it has always been important to them, you know, coming out of the East Coast, like New York, that if they're showing up in Long Beach, California, they don't want to feel like a chain. You know, like they want to feel like a great local kind of burger joint, right, type of thing. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing for them. But so what they do is in all of these restaurants that they're opening up, there is a piece of art done by a local artist. It could be interior to their shack. It, it could be exterior. Um, but they utilize it and they pull in different brand elements. There might be consistency, like maybe it's the Shake Shack Green. Um, or some of their iconography, but it will also have you know local landmarks that can be seen, or um, you know like some of them that we've done uh, in Seattle have you know pine cones and beautiful things that are just part of that area. And so they they do this really incredible thing about as far as localizing each of their different restaurants as they expand. So it doesn't feel again like a big franchise that's out of touch with the community in which it's being started. Um, we've also had restaurant clients you know create just really beautiful murals um, that just like kind of like make the building um, exterior or, you know, sometimes in some cases interior as well, like really just kind of pop from the street. Like they're looking for a curb appeal. They want it to stand out. Maybe they're in like an outdoor mixed media shopping center and they want people to notice their spot first and foremost. I think art, bright, vibrant can be an incredible way to do that. And then very often they have brought uh, that artist in to do like on the opening night, like a live canvas mural painting that might you know, be donated or given away or it will be, you know, put in their corporate headquarters or it will reside at that restaurant. And it's a, it's a great way, again, for them to showcase that it was important to them to make this connection with a local resident who has created this masterpiece that is part of this now local establishment where people can go and enjoy, you know, a bite or a drink. Um So I think there's just there's so many ways in the restaurant business because restaurants have tend to have very unique aesthetics. Um And I think our you know, unlike maybe like a wallpaper or whatever, it can be such a customizable way that somebody can really differentiate um, a single location or multiple locations, uh, you know, again, to kind of like- bring in those elements that they're most interested in. Um, And then of course we see like neon and other things being added to them and people take pictures and they share. And even if, you know, consumers aren't always great about using like a hashtag that a brand might be trying to push on them, but they're really good about tagging locations. And so, you know, like for like a, a business, a restaurant with all those food shots and everything else, like it just creates a really great Insta post or Insta story that somebody can share. And that ultimately drives awareness for restaurants.
1: Fantastic. And I didn't even realize you had so many great examples or clients with that. So that's perfect. Thanks for sharing. All right. If you could turn back the time, Trisha, and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? Oh, my gosh. It
0: would be a long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> be, we would need the weekend. <laughs> you know, I uh, I think... Um, Probably one of the biggest things, especially at this point, and now having gone from uh, sort of the safety net of very large organizations and corporations to being an entrepreneur is is like, don't be afraid. It's going to be OK. And I, I know that probably sounds so simple, but there are so many times that, again, like when you don't have the safety net, you question what you're doing. It can be very easy to become distracted by fear. Um, you know, worrying about where the next dollar is going to come from or whatever else. But I think if you have a good idea and you believe in it, just knowing like there's always going to be that confrontation. There's always going to be something that is an obstacle or a challenge, but like just knowing it's going to be okay and getting through it. And then how quickly you just gobble up all of this knowledge that now you feel so much more comfortable the next time that comes up. You know, it just, you learn so quickly as a person. And I wish I had I wish I knew that that, that that would come more easily than it feels like when you're on that other side of fear. You know, like as soon as you get to the other side and it can literally just be like making a phone call that you're hesitant about. You're like, as soon as you get through it, you're like, okay, like nine out of 10 times, 9.9, like it wasn't that bad. And I think just like that reassurance probably actually would have led me to to be in this space and do my own thing even sooner in my career. So I think like that that's probably the one that, um, especially in the last, you know, three to four years that we've had murals, I think would it would have just been reassuring to have that little voice, you know, on my on my shoulder. Also just the reassurance, like take as many opportunities to push yourself as humanly possible. Like I just I found the older I get and the more experience I have that, you know, if you're comfortable, you're not growing. And I think you have to get uncomfortable or comfortable with being uncomfortable because like that really is where the growth comes from. And if you you stay in these other spots, Um, for too long where, like, you know everything, like, the back of your hand, I I don't think you're really providing yourselves the potential opportunities that you could create um, if you were willing to kind of, you know, again, get in those spaces that are a little bit scary.
1: I love it. If you're in my shoes, what should I have asked you that I did not ask you, Tricia?
0: This is a really hard question.
1: (laughs) Tell me something that you want to Talk about feature make
0: shine. Um, okay. So, a question that you didn't ask me, I will say the question should be because I think this would be valuable for listeners is how do you be a good client? Particularly if you are interested in kind of again breaking free of, you know, maybe your internal creative process, et cetera, you're considering exploring. Um, doing something like this with an artist. I would say if you want to be a good client, like have trust in the process and give the artist the freedom and the ability to really be able to use their God-given talents to create something that you never could have imagined. I think sometimes it can be very easy to want to hold on and engineer something, um, you know, and not really kind of let go. And when you do that and you restrict the creative process, Um, I I think sometimes you get something that's not very far off from where you would have started. But if you're willing to, again, trust in the process, trust in the artist, you will get stuff that, like, you could not have, like, dreamt up in your wildest dreams. And I can tell you from the clients who've done an amazing job at that, they are a standout in the community. People regularly are, like – I mean, like, we've had businesses from across the street go thank the business that put the mural on because – it's been such an incredible experience they've changed their employees days they've changed you know other things just by doing something um at a neighboring place and so like that would be uh the one thing is like if you you know be a good client because if you're a good client working with somebody creative like an artist um you know again like they're they're a they're a different kind of breed of like magical unicorns and you want to treat them well um, and again give them that space to like really really leverage their talents and it will like you know, give you tenfold and then some if you do so.
1: What a fantastic question. I am so glad that I asked it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) No, I love it. And art directors everywhere are like a preach, sister. I love it. Yes, yes. All right. Last official question. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your tip
0: for making the world a better place? Oh, man. I mean – I really think you can make the world a better place by just doing the right thing every day in small ways. I think, you know, if you want to do good, the one of the worst things you can do is become overwhelmed by the idea that it has to be so far reaching. It has to cure the world's biggest problems. And I think if you just take it, like every every little opportunity that you have to do something kind, to do the right thing, to speak up for somebody, I think those things will actually have a bigger societal impact than worrying about solving the things that, you know, are, you know, potentially outside of your control. There's absolutely people that can go do it. But I think for regular people, I think just starting in your own little world and neighborhood and with your own friends and families or strangers you come in contact with, I really do believe that that can make a change. If everybody does that, I think we'll be in an amazing place as a society. I love it. Very great words to live
1: by. And I love how, Trisha, you act as if you're a normal person. I mean, you are the co-founder of a company that is changing artists' lives and changing businesses and the way that communities see it and leading with diversity. So I love that you consider yourself a commoner, but we all appreciate that. That's like the nicest thing ever. (laughs) <laughs> you are, in fact, no commoner. You're very inspirational to me and I am sure our listeners. All right, Trisha, you told us some really great ideas for restaurants uh, and stadiums. Can you tell me a little bit about how how would people go about getting in touch with you and your team?
0: Yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, just head to our website. It is muros.co, M-U-R-O-S dot And you can scroll through some of our previous projects, get an idea of the type of work that we do and just fill out our contact us form and we'll be in touch uh, usually within the same day or a day or so uh, to kind of understand a little bit more about your needs. I wanna thank my guest, Trisha Bender,
1: the co-founder at Muros for joining us today and helping to continue to inspire me and hopefully our listeners as well. We're looking forward to watching the great ways you continue to innovate and inspire your team, Trisha. I wanna also thank our audience for joining us. If you wanna reach out to me directly, you can email me at tamma.looney at zenial.com. And that's it for our diversity and innovation series today at Table Stakes. Tune in as we continue to talk to executives who refuse to just rent their careers and who inspire others to create their own paths, inspire innovation and make our world a better place. Thanks again, Trisha.
0: Thank you. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming episode, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at Tablestakes at Xenial.com. Table stakes is produced by Michael Kowalski. Our audio engineer is Joseph Hock, and I'm your host, Andy Grenstead.